Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. So I think those things are very important, encouraging people to to, to think in that way and and to have that mindset, because it was that mindset that changed my trajectory and encouraging people to to be able to think like that and think in in a way that doesn't constrain them, I think is very, very important. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by David Marlowe. Dave is the Chief Exec and Board Director at Nottingham Building Society, an award-winning building society operating online and via a network of over 45 branches. David joined the board in 2006 and became Chief Exec in 2011. He joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, David. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. Hi, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. So can you tell us a little bit about the Nottingham as an organisation, what it stands for and what you're working towards at the moment, please? Yeah, of course. We're um, we're, we're a top 10 uh, UK building society um, founded in that Victorian mutual model of uh, helping people to, 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 to finance them and buy their buy their homes. Um, but I guess, you know, for us, uh, a, a big part of what we have been doing over the last two to three years is thinking about uh, our, our future role um, as an organisation and how we can support, you know, members both today and in the future. Uh, and, and I guess you know, the, the, the focus that we have on that is that we feel that we're here to help people to plan, save and protect for their future. So we do need to think maybe in a slightly more broader way about how as a, as a mutually owned organisation we can support uh, people to navigate the challenges of uh, uh, managing and planning for their finances in this, you know, in this incredibly challenging world. So mm-hmm. we've given ourselves a slightly broader remit than just being a savings institution that, that, that lends mortgages to help people buy their home, though both of those things still very much sort of sit at the heart of what managing your finances successfully um, looks like. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have that focus on plan, save and protect for the future. And I guess the other thing um, that I would say that maybe just differentiates us and sets us apart a little bit is that we feel that we need to match customers' requirements about how they would like to see that done. Okay. So we're at quite an interesting sort of contrast where we have a pretty large branch network mm-hmm. where we uh, serve broadly older members, sort of 55, 60 plus, uh, with a focus on how they plan, protect and save for their future, which at their stage of life has got certain challenges uh, and requirements. Um, We supplement and support that with access to to, to advice, uh, wherever we can, sort of whole of market advice, so that they're getting the right choice uh, and, 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 and breadth of decision on making their plans for the future. And so we see the network very much as supporting that, that cadre uh, of, 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 of members. And um, only last week, we, we launched uh, Beehive Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beehive Money is our franchise for our younger members uh-huh. um, who have a different set of requirements and want to receive our service in a very, very different way. So it's about having a proposition that matches 
um, the requirements for people at each stage of their life and then delivering it in a way that that they want and, and expect. You know, our younger members, you know, 35 and under, don't necessarily want to come to the branch all the time for their interaction and service with us. They want to do it on their phone and through an app. Um, whereas our elderly members want to come to a branch and don't want to service through the phone. So we're trying um, to support both cadres of, of membership in there and, and, and look to grow both because we feel there's good opportunity to do that on both sides. Fantastic. I saw the Beehive Money app is climbing the charts, isn't it? Well, we had a, had a very, very proud day uh, last week where we were in the top 10 business apps downloads um, on the App Store in totality. So Fantastic. it's a photo that I've got on my phone and, 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 and I get out and show it to all my friends when I can because we're up there. We're, we were up there with Microsoft Teams and Adobe uh, Acrobat. Um, and in fact, we had more downloads than Google Meet uh, in a 24 hour period last week. So, so yes. So we started that journey. Um, you know, we we have built up a, a good um, number of customers who are saving with us to buy their first home in Elisa, um, which is over fifty-five thousand at the moment and heading to sixty thousand. So it's already a quarter of our membership, and 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 we do expect that with the launch of the app uh, and then releasing it to the market in general later this month. Uh, that we'll see that number rise quite significantly uh, in the months ahead. Fantastic, fantastic. And so as a leader of that kind of organisation, going through all of those changes and, and adaptations, what are your biggest challenges at the moment? We, we've, we've set ourselves, you know, some pretty significant challenges. We are sort of, you know, the, 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 the app that we have developed, you know, is, 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 is a really, really strong proposition and offering. It's going to combine cutting-edge technology with a new way to save and later this year combine with access to whole of market mortgage advice so that's a you know that that's an offering that that that, that doesn't exist from a uk building society yeah. um at all at the moment and we've you know we've delivered that so that in itself has been an enormous challenge to change and adapt to new ways of working and 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 work in a way to develop to develop a digital app that is very much based on on a new set of of customer requirements and development techniques and i guess the biggest challenge we've faced is that we've done that through a pandemic yes. uh, which has sort of exacerbated that challenge of you know we're going, doing something innovative we're doing something different we're doing something we've not done before mm. um and and normally what would get you through is that collaboration and that team working that you would get by working in working together on an issue or a problem working with partners um, to get that delivered we've had to do that in a remote world uh and i guess one of the really you know good examples of that is that we work really really closely with salesforce on this so we developed this yeah. capability with salesforce and we partnered yeah. with them through the development now we obviously launched last week and um we decided to have a little bit of a celebration to to mark that uh occasion um on saturday um and it was the first time we'd all met Wow. So we'd never been in a room together. Huh. So we had found a way to, 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 to starting from scratch to build this amazing digital sort of capability yeah. and deliver it into the market without ever having got in a room together. But the challenge, the challenge that a lot of businesses have faced over the last sort of 12 to 15 months is that if you've been making strategic steps, 
doing that within the pandemic environment and the remote working environment and all the uncertainties that we've all faced yeah. um, over the last 18 months is, is, is right up there in terms of challenges that I've faced in my career. Yeah. But, but speaking of your career, that's my next question in terms of your leadership career. So how did that develop? Was it quite an organic process or were you always sort of, did you have your eye on the, the top seat? Probably fair to say that I did always have um, my eye on the top seat. Mm -hmm. That was always, you know, an ambition, something that I wanted to to, to work towards right from the very beginning of my career. So uh, I guess to some degree I was, I was lucky uh, with that on the basis that I was clear about what I would like and then I think it it's 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 all about the series of decisions that you make and moves that you make to 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 make that you know come to reality in the way that that that, that suits you and meets 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 your requirements so so yeah so I've, I've always wanted to you know to, to 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 get the top seat but I wanted to get it in the right type of organization with the right um, type of opportunity and, and I think certainly for me the the opportunity that the the, the Nottingham offered when I joined back in 2006 was just perfect Effect. Uh, and it was it had great potential and it's been fantastic to uh, to take the organization on the journey over the last sort of 12 years or so as we've evolved and developed and grown and you know and and, and sit where we are today uh, as an organization has been incredibly satisfying fantastic fantastic and and so in terms of characteristics that you feel that leaders should have so you talked about your own journey do you think there are characteristics that all leaders have or is it i think i mean that's a i mean that's a it's a, that's a really broad it's a really broad question i think you know there are there are many you know there, 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 are, there are lots of attributes um of great leadership you know they don't necessarily exist all the time in all leaders you know i think that that's the case i think you know you you have a series of attributes and then you 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 have to make them work most effectively for you um as a as a leader i think you know the the title of this uh is is, is about a, a ceo so i think you know talking about you know a ceo role i think you know there are certain things that it certainly helps um to to have as attributes mm -hmm. i think the from a personal perspective i think that vision that ability to think big picture and to create vision is really really important so i think you do need to to be able to have a a, a good clear view of what the future is going to look like and how your organization can can play a positive role in that where it sits in the firmament how it adds value to all of its stakeholders whether that's its customers or its staff and i think that that's really important so yeah. you have to really understand your market you have to understand the organization the, the skills the resources the attributes you've got and then be able to build a picture and a vision of where uh, you need to head. That's probably gets you to the starting line. You know, I yeah. think it's important for you to have that because mm -hmm. if that doesn't come from the CEO, it, 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 you have to ask the question about where's that vision and big picture going to come from. Yeah. But if you've got that, if you've got that ability, that gets you to the starting point. Then I guess there's there's two other things that I think are, are very important um, to, to, to be a great leader is that you've got to get people to buy into that vision mm -hmm. and get excited about it and want to be here um, to achieve that 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 objective or that vision. So that that ability to en to enthuse 
um, and promote the vision and get people bought in and engaged and wanting to deliver the vision is critical because at the end of the day, uh, as the chief executive, you're not going to deliver it yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the people around you and your colleagues and your team members that will make the vision a reality in what they, how they go about things every day. So that ability to engender that enthusiasm and that spirit and that commitment and motivation for the vision is mm -hmm. is really important. And then I think maybe the, the the third element is an ability to help people get things done. So, you know, an ability to to take that vision, to take that passion, to take that enthusiasm, to want to achieve the vision, and then to help and support people to organize themselves and deploy resources and capability to get things done mm -hmm. and to make that vision a reality, I think is 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 another is another part of that sort of important sort of ingredients that make the whole thing work. So sort of, you know, really effective CEOs, I think, you know, have a vision engender enormous passion and excitement and commitment towards that and then are able to provide um, a mechanism and, and support to allow people to organize things to get things done mm -hmm. it's almost that dichotomy of being in front and behind isn't it yes Giving absolutely vision, but then empowering yeah. your team as well fantastic yeah. and so was there an experience or a piece of advice earlier in your career that's that shaped your leadership style your leadership style evolves as you um you know as as you go through your career as 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 you have different experiences you know in different firms in different in in different challenges as you build your experience and learn things um you your your leadership style evolves and changes as you go you know and i think you know, I'm I'm very much in the latter stages of my chief executive career, but I still think I'm learning. Okay. You know, I'm still evolving. I'm still adapting my style yeah. um, based on on what we've learned. Because you know, I think the experience that we've all been through in the last eighteen months—if you've not learned from that—well, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what you've been doing. So, yeah, yeah. you know, those circumstances and challenges, you know, mean that you're always learning. Yes. I think if I had to look back to one thing that I would look at and say that was the thing that, that sent me on the right trajectory mm. was quite some time ago when I was when I was uh, in a senior leadership position at the Alliance and Leicester. So I was already reasonably successful in my career. I was I was very, very lucky to, to, to be sent to Duke University to do their advanced management programme. And this was a sort of global leading institution that was top of its top of the tree in terms of executive education. And, and that was sort of four to six weeks spent with fellow leaders from around the world, which in itself is, 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 yeah. is stimulating and, and a learning experience. But I think that the program there and the, the people that, that ran it and the people and the way in which it was done, when I came away, I just looked at the world in a completely different way. I looked at it, it, it you know, through a different lens, a different colour, saw things very, very differently. And I think effectively in a relatively short period of time, they replumbed the way that I thought as, as a leader. Um, you know, and I've, I've carried forward some of those learnings all the way through my career and, you know, and, and, and they've served me really, really well. And I look back to that so probably that point is a key pivot point in in accelerating my sort of my journey into leadership and my effectiveness as a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, so what kind of things changed the way that you viewed things? What kind of things amended the lens? It's the way they challenge you to think about what good looks like, um, okay. the context in which they put 
they, they educate you about how the world works, how, how the economy is driven, how innovation is critical to driving sort of growth and driving, uh, driving, driving success. They, they put in front of you people who, you know, have, have done amazing things uh, and they share with you their thinking, they share with you their approach, they share with you how they went about developing, you know, um, their businesses and, the, and their stories. I think the other thing was that this was, this was in the early noughties. Um, as well, and and uh, the one thing that that was really clear that came through was that uh, the next stage of the economic revolution was going to be driven by the network and and by digitization. So, it, you know, I think at an intellectual level, they were very early into the the, the manner in which digitization was going to change the way the economy operated forever and was seen as a critical sort of fourth stage of that sort of industrial revolution, if you like. So it's the mm -hmm. fourth industrial revolution as it is now termed. So having had that sort of stimulation early on and having had plenty of time to think about that, you know, it takes a bit of time for it to get some momentum. And it wasn't mm -hmm. really until about 2012, 2013, which is sort of seven, eight years after I've been, that we started to see real acceleration mm -hmm. in that space. And now we're running full pelt on yeah. digitization. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And and so if someone was looking to follow in your footsteps, so either if they were at the start of their career or they were just stepping up into a leadership role, what what advice would you offer them? Well, I think I think it um, I, I guess it, it it will link back in many many ways to what we talked about. or what are the key things that you mm -hmm. that, that 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 you need? Um, so I think you know encouraging people to think about the vision and the big picture i think is is very important i think it's possible to have a vision for your area whatever they are you know it doesn't have to be an organization it, it uh -huh. can be it can be a team it can be a department it can be a it, it can be a part of an organization i think you know the the vision can sit within a with it within within that and, I, and you know, i've deployed that very successfully in, in in other roles when you weren't sitting in the top chair mm -hmm. you still have the ability to be visionary see the big picture Picture, uh, and excite people uh, uh, around that. Um, so I think those things are very important. So it, it, it's really sort of encouraging people to to, to think in that way and, and to have that mindset because it was that mindset that changed my trajectory. Um, you know, from going to Duke and 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 encouraging people to to be able to think like that and think in in a way that doesn't constrain them. I think is is very very you know is very very important you know that ability and that understanding that you're going to learn all the time you never stop learning that and yeah. and that that appetite and hunger to learn mm -hmm. uh, because that's driven I'm very sporty I love sport you know and yeah. you know and I think the one thing about sport it's very dynamic and and you just keep improving all of the time yeah. you know who would have thought the 100 meters world record would have stood where it is today uh -huh. 10 15 years ago you know the things are there to be better to be to be pushed uh to make quicker to make faster and i think having that sort of mindset that that's what 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 you're about and and that that's what you're trying to engender and that that's the same for you as an individual you were mm -hmm. if you stop learning you will stop getting better yeah yeah agreed agreed entirely and so thinking about leaders that you admire is there is there one or two people that stand out that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I, I guess probably the, the, what I might do there is, is 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 if I start sort of with a business leader, so mm -hmm. you know, starts very specifically um, with a business leader, and and um, 
What's really interesting for me is that, 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 that this was a story that I wasn't aware of uh, and, and until I went to, 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 to Duke University. And, um, and we spent two days with the coach of this particular individual, which gave me a real insight into, you know, what it, what it took. So you spent two days with a guy who's coached this particular leader um, through, through, through their journey. And it really was inspirational um, for me. Uh, and that was a guy called Sam Walton. Okay. Uh, and, and Sam Walton basically is the founder of Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the thing that really, really excited me and, and, and I found in, inspiring really was his story. So if you read his, you read his sort of uh, autobiography, it, yeah. it, it's just amazing. Um, so here's a guy who, who was in the U.S. Army um, a, along with a lot of his colleagues, mm. um, got um, sort of pensioned out of the army at the end of the, end of the, end of the war. So basically he got kicked out of the U.S. Army and you were given a small endowment pretty small. I can't remember how much it was, but it was something like $150, something like that. And that was uh-huh. his sort of payoff for having served his country in the Second World War. Uh, and Sam Walton took his $150 and he bought a wheelbarrow. <laughs> uh, and then he took the wheelbarrow over uh, the state boundary and he bought um, a whole load of um, underwear and tights. Mm-hmm. He carried them back over the state border um, in his wheelbarrow and he sold them all the next day. And by the time he died, he ran the largest retailer in the world. Yeah, it's a fantastic story. So, so, you know, in the space of, you know, from 1946 through to, you know, by the time Walmart became the, the, the largest retailer in the world, which is in the sort of early 90s. Yeah. So really, you know, in just over 40 years, he went from selling underwear from a wheelbarrow to running the largest retailer in the world with operations on every continent. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's an inspiring story. And I think, you know, some of the detail that we picked up um, as, as a consequence of spending some time with his coach is, is his approach to his total operating model, the way he ran the business, the way he ran the business out of Bentonville in Arkansas for many, many years mm-hmm. was fascinating and a really interesting insight to, you know, how he stuck to his values and principles, even when the organization was, you know, operating right across the globe. Fantastic. So I guess I guess from a business perspective, that that would be the the, the example that I you know I've certainly found most inspirational in, in lots of ways, and I was lucky to get a bit of an insight into how he, he he did that. I think at a pure leadership level, you know, which is sort of looking beyond uh, business, mm-hmm. um, it would have to be Nelson Mandela okay. um, for me. Um, when I was um, when I was younger. A lot younger when I was still at school, um, we spent a period of time uh, living in South Africa. Right. So at a very sort of formative time for me, I uh, spent some time in apartheid South Africa in the uh, in the mid to late seventies, which was an experience that you know was left it left a pretty deep yeah. mark on me. To be fair, uh, and not all positive, as you as as you might as as you might imagine. And obviously, at the time, Nelson Mandela would have, was in Robben Island and, mm-hmm. and and had been imprisoned, you know, in solitary confinement as a terrorist. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But, you know, if you look again, if you look at his story and if you look at the the, the, the amazing amount of compassion and forgiveness alongside a vision for, you know, for, for, for South Africa, mm-hmm. the way that, that Nelson Mandela conducted himself as he came out of prison, became, you know, um, the president of, of South Africa very, very quickly. And then in a very short period of time was almost seen as the bellwether amongst global leaders as what compassion and equality and vision look like. You know, that, that that's pretty inspiring as a, as a life story. So I think he would be he would be my example of a sort of non-business. Fantastic. Leader. Yes, yes, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And and so what's on the cards? What's next over the next six, 12 months for the Nottingham? Well, I think, you know, I think I think we've got to evolve and develop Beehive Money is 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 probably our immediate um you know priority. I mean the mortgage market's pretty challenging at the moment. We've got we've got some organizations out there offering mortgages at 79p, you know, so 0.79 percent, you know, which is great for consumers. Uh-huh. It does make life rather difficult for us to offer our savers a return, run our business and make some money out of 79p is quite yeah. challenging. So I think we've got some headwinds that we need to deal with on the mortgage side. But from a strategic perspective, you know, we we, we gave birth to Beehive Money um, last last week. We've already got n- near enough 60,000 um, members in there. Uh, and we want to engage them with our broadening proposition. And we want to grow that membership. You know, and, and I'd like to see us by this time next year having at least 100,000 members within within the, the Beehive Money um, sort of population. Uh, I think there's a job for us to do to evolve and develop our app and our proposition within the app um, over the next 12 months. The next stage for us, as I touched a little bit earlier, is um, we've partnered with Mortgage Advice Bureau and we will be APIing out to Mortgage Advice Bureau and offering all of those LISA account holders independent mortgage advice. So it will give them the choice of the market. We will find the right mortgage for them um, through, uh, you know, by being digital first. So it should be a great experience for them. And that's a unique offering um, that I think will be, you know, should be very, very popular. I think then it will be how we evolve and develop um, the the Beehive Money proposition to include other elements of the younger savers' um, life and, and financial story. So, you know, I think there's there's plenty of opportunities there. Once people have bought their first home, how you make sure that they protect it appropriately, and then help them thinking about how they save for the longer run a little bit more. You know, maybe in equities rather than cash, and then also thinking about how you can help them in a fairly complex pension world where they probably will have brought together a number of pensions over time and how we can in a digital environment work with partners to to make uh, that easy and simple for them through through the beehive money app so i think there's 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 plenty for us to 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 to, to evolve and develop you know a whole new cadre uh, of members in beehive fantastic and so people can find beehive money just on the app store and it's open to customers and new and existing customers so so as at today, um, we uh, we it, it's open to all existing um, customers of ours who had a, a a Beehive account or had one of our LISA accounts. They've all migrated over to the new app. Uh, 
Today we're running what we call our VIB program. So people are registering an interest in in joining, and 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 we're bringing them in in uh, in, in 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 small pockets of a couple of hundred a day. And we're doing that to yeah. just test and learn how the process works. Is it working as we expected? Going through those inevitable little glitches that you always have with these things, sorting those things out, smoothing them out, and then and then hopefully we're expecting to go to market and and be open for anybody to join um in october uh but yes the app the app is down on is is there on the app store at the moment you can download it you can register your interest to become a vib but if you download it you know later in october you'll be able to open an account in seconds and that's the beauty of it so you know it's a, it is a, it is an all digital experience so um it's uh it's all done through the app um, you do, we just need to see a photo of your passport and your driving license, take a selfie, give us your nominated bank details, provided we can uh, validate those electronically and, and, and data-wise, we can get an account open for you literally inside a minute. Fantastic. Fantastic. David, thank you. It's been brilliant speaking with you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for, for taking the time. Excellent. It's been great, Amy. So I'm, I'm really, good to, really good to catch up and have a chat about things. 